forsooth, adverb, archaic. In truth, in fact, indeed. Now used in derision or to express disbelief. Whew, so episode three. Yeah, three wow. weeks in a row. And can you believe it took this long to get the Garbers with us? <laughs> Especially with, with alcohol involved. With us today we have Zach and Lindsay. Hello. What's up? Uh, as you guys might know, uh, Zach does a lot of our video gaming for the website, and Lindsay, of course, does her comics roundup every week. Like a champ. Except that one time. We don't talk about the one time. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks. I appreciate it. I've just been stripping from the record. Yeah. <laughs> so That day has been removed from the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> so as I'm sure you guys have, have seen in our recent ones, this whole season we are doing a new bottle of distinct, unique alcohol for every episode of the podcast. And mm. boy, did we pick a great one for this episode for you guys. So <laughs> this episode we're covering Rowan Co., uh, which has a very interesting history. Now, this company is new. It's, it's from 2019. It's very fresh, very new, when they basically started selling and distributing. But uh, the history of the name Rowan Co. is like 19th century, very early um, distillery. One of the, the, the big names in Irish whiskey um, like forever ago, they were actually a big powerhouse in Ireland, right? And they were right across the street from Guinness. And they were the biggest names in brewing and distilling in like Europe. So did they just take the name or are they an offshoot of this company? Well, uh, George Rowe, who created uh, George Rowe & Co., the original whiskey company, actually closed down in 1926. And so it's basically kind of like... Like, no one knows about this company. Like, like unless you're, like, a really diehard fan of, of, you know, Irish whiskeys, you might not even know the name. And so as kind of a tribute to, like, one of the original purveyors of whiskey in Ireland, uh, they basically named the company after them with Rowan Co. And they, they also opened up their, uh, their distillery in the Guinness Powerhouse, uh, like right next to where the original Rowan Co. Uh, distillery was. It's a wonderful homage. Very much so. And uh, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see the bottle because we are doing this socially distanced, unfortunately, because of the coronavirus. Uh, mm -hmm. But the bottle is very, very unique, classic, very unique with the with the kind of the bubble, very old style uh, with how they do it, and it is just it's very beautiful. You know what I love is the etching on the bottle that kind of raised the raised wording for Rowenko. Yeah, text us the photo so we can see it. <laughs> yes, I will have Monica do that right now for you. Okay. Um, but so what we'd like to do uh, on the podcast when we're tasting these uh, delicious um, adult beverages is we like to sample it um, as it was intended. So plain with nothing added in. And then normally after that, after we try it out, we do like to try to see like adding in like maybe a drip of water or an ice cube to really allow it to open up to see what it tastes like in its many different forms. Hmm. So you guys have your cups, correct? Yep. We are ready. Mouth watering. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, let's give this a try, then. Don't shoot it. Oh, wow. That's... that's. Oh, that's sweet. That's a good nose. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. Mm, that really... Um... That really, like, opened up my um, tongue palate. What is that called? <laughs> my taste buds. <laughs> taste buds. <laughs> wow. That mm. is... The nose is like a, like a honey, right? It's, it's very subtle at first, and then it hits you with just a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. 
And it, it, it doesn't feel overpowering, but you get that smoke in the back end. There's really not a lot of smoke in it. I'm imagining that the water is going to really make it smoky. So you're going to put a little water in yours I'm going to put a little water and see what that does. Not that little. You have to actually get it in there. A little more water. There we go. So Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay pure. I'll, I'll stay a purist on this one. Usually between uh, Monica... I'll smell the difference on that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that's that's a big difference there. I smoked it up. Smoked it up? <laughs> So usually, it's coming out my nose. Usually, uh, Monica and I, we like to go a little differently. <laughs> she adds a drop of water to hers, and I usually add an ice cube to mine because the difference between that is is that an ice cube will slowly disperse the water into the drink and then slowly open it up. So while yeah. a drip of water will like instantly start to open it up, and you'll start to get a lot more of the smokes and different flavors, uh, an ice cube will slowly, over time, as it releases liquid into the the beverage. Um, give that, those flavors a small change. Now, I do want to mention, um, Lindsay and Zach, that I do prefer neat nine times out of ten. Um, but I do this as, like, experimentation. I just want to see what it does. Well, you liked the Penelope more with the water in it last time, right? Or no, I, I liked it neat. You liked it neat? Yeah, I like it neat nine times out of ten. Yeah, I, I'm, I am a neat person. It's more out of laziness out of, more than anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If you try mine with the ice, I'm going to try yours with the water drop. We can do that because, you know, if she's got anything, I've got anything. Got the Rona. <laughs> Ew, cooties. It's a, it's a lot more subtle with the ice. Mm. Yeah, I'm not much of a drinker, so... I like that. I like I'm that. anything. <laughs> Man, this is, this is... I have to say... This would definitely be a bottle that I would pull out um, for like a special occasion. Special right? occasions, yeah. like I'm trying to celebrate the the flavor of it mm -hmm. is is. I wouldn't waste, I think, the palate on my undiscerning friends. This, yeah, this is this is not this is not Johnny Walker Blue celebration level. This is like <laughs> this is like maybe gold. This is this is something that I would pull this, out. This is like a at birthday parties. Yeah, this is like a like it's a celebration, but you're not two hundred dollars a bottle worth it, kind of celebration. <laughs> I would I would yeah yeah. You guys aren't Garbers, that's what you're saying. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, so two hundred dollars. What is that pocket change? <laughs> <laughs> but I can I can really see myself after a hard day of work. Popping this up is, this bottle, yeah. laying back on my couch, and just this is like a, a sip in. You want to feel kind of fancy. Don't want to drink the uh, the Costco swill, kind of kind of a uh, yeah, whiskey. A hundred percent. I was actually just picturing myself. What I've been enjoying doing the past couple of nights uh, is sitting on my uh, balcony uh, when it's dark and it's cool outside. And just kind of listening to the sounds that are going on. Mostly it's helicopters because of the area I, li mm -hmm. I live in. But, you know, sometimes you can just hear some just quiet mm -hmm. and uh, having a sip of this. That's like I'm picturing it already as a photograph oh, yeah. sitting out there. You know, you can really listen to those hushed drug deals. Yeah. And, you know what, Zach? <laughs> yeah, I like to know what's going on. Zach, you joke, but like, I know you travel <laughs> a lot. Um, and I, when I was uh, visiting, like, smaller city areas, small town areas that were in the middle of nowhere for a couple weeks at a time. Um, I can't sleep without <laughs> without the city noises. It's really oddly yeah. soothing. Like, I don't know about you, Zach, like when you when you do the traveling, do you have the same issue or if you don't hear sirens on an hourly basis, you just cannot sleep. So when I traveled, um, I'm the kind of person who doesn't really like enjoy the sights. <laughs> Uh, so I basically just crashed on the uh, on the hotel bed, 
uh, listened to like some YouTube videos and just fell asleep to like not not ASM to like podcast. Yeah, he needs info. Yeah. He needs knowledge to to relax his brain. Yeah. He, he needs a. <laughs> Well, the Forsooth podcast is always a great way to get that knowledge for the week in advance. Oh, yeah, yeah your voice just knocked me right out. Right. <laughs> um, don't shoot this. <laughs> I just try, I'm like... <laughs> I don't know why anyone would waste There's that. There's too much smoke to shoot. Don't shoot what, it. What it's was, like, this is experimentation. I just wanted to see if you could. Like, if you could, if you wanted to, you can't. Don't I, do it. I will say the thing so, that, that really pulls this out for me out of this is the spice. Not so much the spoke, smoke, but I love the spice in it. Mm. So what do you mean by shoot this? Load it into a Super Soaker 2000 and just like yeah. pop that barrel in your mouth and mm-hmm. pop pop? <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite way to drink. I don't know about you. I mean, if it was cleaned out, I wouldn't mind having some kind of beverage out of a Super Soaker. Cleaned out? Well, we do have this. <laughs> yeah. Cleaned out? What about all those um, parabens and fucking plastic bits? Come on. Uh, God, there was a thing about that. Someone wanted to create a shotgun that shot alcohol in your face. What was that? I know that the priests are doing that to bless people right now. So, oh. so yeah, super separate wow. blessings. Yeah, yeah, because they can't get close. Into the church. Yeah, yeah. You, you didn't see that that priest doing the the drive-in um, blessings. Where he, was, <laughs> he was standing on the corner with a mask and a super soaker filled with holy water and a and some kind of religious script, and he was blessing people they'd roll down their windows and he'd shoot are you them. serious no i'm totally he, serious he yeah it's absolutely comment. serious he actually made a comment saying he didn't know how the pope would feel about what he was doing and but the thinks, cool with it, right? yeah yeah but he said he didn't know what the pope was going to do but he said he imagined the pope would be okay with it because we're just all trying to find a way to connect you know with mm-hmm. our parishioners at this point see what they didn't show in that news article though was that that priest had hired a professional uh, river rock skipper to get the uh, Christ wafers into the car windows. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Do they wash your windshield after, too, with that holy water? Or do they just go in and that's it? Bless yeah. your whole car. I mean, bless the car, for it has sinned. Yeah. It's driven in yeah. LA traffic. Oh, we're all going to hell. But, the one, actually, bringing that topic up real quick, I know we haven't talked about this, but did you guys see the Hamilton spoof video uh, you'll be back from the church. There's a Catholic no. church that made the made a you'll be back, and it wasn't about like you know you'll be back like 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 aggressive like how dare you leave me. It was more about the fact of like hey we all can't get together right now, but don't worry, you'll be back once this is all over. Like don't you'll be a, back. Don't be. That was a threat. Well, that's the oh, thing. Like I, I was saying myself like going, like the video was actually kind of cute and pretty fun the way they did it, and but I'm thinking of going like. You guys do know the point of that song in Hamilton, right? <laughs> like, they, they don't go back. Like, America doesn't go back to Britain. <laughs> yeah. So, but... It's a little, uh, it's a little deaf to the original. <laughs> yeah, and I was actually had a discussion with somebody about that. I'm like, it's like, yeah, but that's not what they're trying to do. They just were using the wording. I'm like, yeah, but you have to understand the original intent of the product you're parodying. It's just a mistake to avoid it. Yeah. Mm. It's like when you make a, a, a parody of um, that Tally Me Banana song and you don't realize <laughs> that's like, what, a slave song about people picking bananas in the fields oh or something my like God. that? Yeah. <laughs> if it's not slavery, that song is definitely like about like wage inequality. <laughs> uh, but, oh. 
So Darn it, I did not know that. <laughs> it's not like I sing it ever, but I was just like, anyways. Hey, Mr. Tallyman, tally me banana. Daylight come and I want to go home. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a lot of dark and violent things. But let's talk about a real big issue real quick uh, that happened a couple years ago. It was a couple years at this point, right? Good God, yeah. Fire Festival. You guys remember Fire Festival? Oh, oh man. I remember that, Travis. You know, I. it's funny you say that because I go to Coachella and I've been to the San Francisco one. What is it? Golden something. And, you know, I go with my friend and she uh, mentioned Fire Fest when it first came out. And she's like, oh, let's check it out because we go to festivals together and we've traveled, <laughs> you know, to different countries together. And I just, uh, I'm so glad we did not <laughs> even gosh. attempt that one. The, yeah. funny, the, funny thing like, about the, the funny thing about the Fire Festival is like on paper, it sounds really cool. Especially with the design that they put together behind it. But I mean, it's, it's one of those things where like if somebody who actually knew what they were doing, who wasn't like a criminal did it, it would be really <laughs> awesome. But like, you know, yeah. unfortunately that's not what happened. And... They to be popular, they leveraged a lot of uh, Instagram models and stuff like that, and that was a really high price to it. Uh, and I don't, I don't want to wax poetic about like what could have been done because let's be honest, there was a whole court case about it where the guy was found guilty, and there was like three documentaries about Fire Festival, one of which was made by one of the people who was like a partner. To fire festival. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Maybe this was like a, a the producers kind of situation. Yeah, no, it's it's it was crazy. Like it's like, oh yeah, so the, like the guy who did this was involved with fire festival. Interesting. I mm-hmm. guess he had unique. It's up springtime close, for Hitler. Up close, uh, like opinions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so it's yeah. actually been two years since. Three years. Uh, well, it's been two years since Billy McFarlane was sentenced. Ah. Uh, for his fraudulent actions and whatnot. But apparently there was a lot of items from the event. Because you know when you have a festival, Lindsay, you've gotten a couple festival t-shirts. I'm sure you have a Coachella shirt here or there. Yep. So, I mean, that's just like a commonplace thing you have when you go to a festival. So apparently they had, because this was like a camp-away festival. So they had, like, shirts, pajama bottoms, sweatpants, hats, uh, bandanas. They had like a whole lot of different types of merchandise stuff you can get to wear around your um, refugee camp esque uh, party. You never know when your clothes are going to get ripped off, and you need to get a new shirt. Well, I mean that happens a lot of festivals, right? <laughs> I wouldn't know, um, but so apparently there were even this. This thing actually looked really cool, and a part of me kind of wanted it just for like the novelty of it. But they had little metal tokens, kind of like the like the Olympic coins and things like that, uh, with the Fire Festival logo on it that you, you could have got if you were at Fire Festival. Hmm. And that's pretty. That's a good idea. Yeah. Right. Like that looks. That sounds cool. Like especially after the fuck up. Like it's, it's yeah. kind of even cooler. It'd be even cooler yeah. if it was like edible. <laughs> kind of like chocolate. Ooh. Yeah. Like or chocolate like, and foil. Or like rations. Or rations. <laughs> it would be better for the people attending Fire Festival if yeah. it was food. That's what I'm saying. Because those, those cheese sandwiches were disgusting. <laughs> and maybe it's like um, pachinko balls where you can trade them and it's not technically a, a, a transaction. So you could buy the drugs with them and they can't get you for drug dealing. Because 
It's a, a trade. It's not a purchase. Not a bad Ooh. idea. Oh, man. Not a bad idea. Zach, you're giving people ideas. <laughs> so during the whole festival situation and the trial, a lot of the merchandise items that, um, by the way, Billy McFarland tried to sell after the fire festival well, basically became like a whole fraud thing. You? Because he wanted to like, I'm going to make some money off this. Uh, so that was all claimed as assets during the trial uh, and was held in the U.S. Marshal's possession. Well, the trial's over for quite some time, two years, and Billy McFarlane owes a lot of money, so the marshals are auctioning the items off, and the money from the items is going to go to the victims to get like repaid, reimbursed. It's not going to be enough. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I'm not sure how that's going to work. Yeah, like uh, $5 for a shirt or something? Well, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's an auction, so they're not like... So, like, a couple of shirts are going for, like, 1000 So oh, it's... Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like, the company doesn't exist anymore, so therefore, can it still hold the the rights to the logo? I mean, go on, like, Cafe Press and make a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel that I wouldn't want to wear a shirt that has Firefest anything on it because of what happened to the people who worked there, lived there, who went there. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't want anything with that stuff on it. Well, I'm honestly surprised that the shirts didn't end up going to, uh, like, those starving kids in Ethiopia or whatever, kind of like, the, yeah, uh, like the, the, the the losing Super Bowl team shirts. Team shirts oh. You know? <laughs> so I was thinking about, like, how cool would it be to have a shirt that says, I survived Fire Festival and all I got was this stupid shirt. Right. <laughs> just, just pay some, uh, like, well, or don't pay an intern to, like, scribble on it with Sharpie. You know, well, don't paying the intern would be very fire festival. Yeah, right. So that's like really yeah. on point. But I mean, mm-hmm. so from from the point of view of somebody who goes to music festivals, Lindsay, do you think that merchandise for festivals is super important, or do you think it's more like a kind of like a thing that helps you with your memories? What do you think? Um, the only. Time I've ever bought merch from a festival was my first Coachella in 2010, and I never bought merch afterwards. But what's funny is I'm I still wear <laughs> I still wear the shirt. It's got rips everywhere. Um, <laughs> I don't think merch is that um, to me personally. I don't really like it. I don't. But you know me. For those of you who don't know me, I don't really wear clothes with logos on it. So. If I'm buying something, it's more of a graphic tee um, or just a plain shirt. So I don't, I don't really wear logos. So those things don't really interest me. But when it was my first one, yeah, that, and I can say this was my first Coachella. So like as a first music festival or a first whatever, I think it is important. But after that, it doesn't really matter too much to me personally. What do you think, Monica? Um, I'm along the same lines as Lindsay, where I don't really have logo shirts or paraphernalia. I like to have things that are either plain or, or mention mermaids, or mention mermaids, um, or you know, just graphic tee kind of stuff. Or if the if the company logo is like stylized in a way where it looks more like a pattern than it does, at, like basically making your body into free advertisement, um, then you know I'm up for that. Like my uh, my Oddwood um, tank top, I really mm. enjoy that one. It reminds me also of Vicious Kill Lindsay because they do find a way to work their logo in very unique and awesome yeah, ways. Yeah, exactly. Like the the V is always like uh, like the you have the um, monsters from like the classic movies in a V shape. Love it. That's really yeah. cool. Like just yeah, a hidden way of hiding it. it. They nailed it because they're artists who know 
what you know they they are their own uh, customer and their own creator and they know what people want to see they you know some people wear just a big nike swoosh on their shirts and you know what if they really like that company or if they're sponsored i totally get it but if they knew where that logo came from maybe they would change their mind but <laughs> but uh yeah i if they had a way to just make it an art piece um i would be more interested but if i'm buying a piece of art i want to buy a piece of art from a particular artist so it would be one of the bands you know one of mm -hmm. one of their art pieces of their shirt not mm -hmm. not typically the the concert itself I will specifically oh. say that, that all of my shirts that I prim primarily wear are either things that have significant value for me or are like a brand that I really support. Like I have a NASA shirt that I love to wear, which, by the way, <laughs> I got in an argument with somebody at Costco the other day because he's oh a flat earther. God. And I was oh like, like what, what makes you think you can talk to me about flat earth just because I'm wearing a NASA t-shirt? I don't <laughs> want to talk to anybody. There's a pandemic going around. Well, why don't you tell them yeah. that if the earth was flat, then he should technically know a few people that have been pushed off the edge by the six foot rule. <laughs> that are cats, I mean. So, yeah, and the cats. So, but, Eric, but, I'm like you. Um, I don't think I own, well, I mean, I, I guess I own like one or two shirts that doesn't have some kind of logo or graphic on it. The rest of them are all either pop culture icons. I mean, right now I'm wearing a Samurai Jack t-shirt that I got from um, Comic-Con. Uh, when I went to the adult swim, uh, adult swim yes. out, uh, outdoor thing. That Mon thing was cool. Uh, Monica has that exact same shirt. No, there were yeah. a few different um, you, ones. You have the one that he has, I'm pretty sure. I, probably because uh, it was the one cool where he's, uh, he's all battle-worn and he's got uh, Ashi uh, chained to his back. Nope, I don't have that one. Uh, um, so it's funny you should mention Comic-Con. The shirts that I like to wear the, the most of are the ones that are from the Blood Drive. Yeah, he's wearing the Guardians one right now. Yeah, I'm wearing the Guardians one, and then I have a couple other ones. Like I have an Avengers one that I'll wear, and it's just they're, they for me mean a lot because I got this shirt because I donated blood for a cause I really believe in. Lindsay, what shirt are you wearing? I'm wearing my own design right now. <laughs> oh, which one? Which one? The one Monica also has the T Skull Bunny. I love <laughs> that shirt. Like I've worn that so many times. The uh, the print is actually starting to come off. No! We have to tattoo it on your body now. Right? We'll do that. I'm wearing a really wonderful top right now. Um, it's a spaghetti strap, and it's white, and it has gray uh, lining, and that's it. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I, I, can, I can get the idea about wanting something that kind of represents either a monumental occasion for you or something you actually really believe in. Uh, and so if you, if you really care about, uh, like a festival, then it makes sense that you'd want a shirt from it. Right. Of course. Uh, on the other side, I completely understand people that are hipsters that <laughs> love the, the irony of wearing something like, Oh, I, yeah. I do have a mixer shirt that I wear. <laughs> <laughs> it's even funnier now though. Yeah, it is. I got it. Yeah. So, but I love the story behind it, how I was at E3 and mm -hmm. I went to the outdoor mixer area and nobody working there knew what mixer was God. and they were working it. And there was a video that you sit in the dome, kind of like the Adult Swim Meatwad Dome at, uh, at Comic-Con San Diego. And you sit in there and a video plays and we still don't know what mixer <laughs> is. And 
then they hand you a shirt and it's and then you you know so it was like i love the story of it i wear the shirt because nobody knew what mixer was at e3 working there and now mixer is gone so yes in a way i'm a hipster for that i'm glad (laughs) that you didn't spend the time learning what mixer was because it would be pointless information at this point when are you going to get a quibi shirt Lindsay? (laughs) quibi they're not gone yet they're gonna be (laughs) give it give it a month Oh God, Quibby! Yeah, but it's no, yeah, I completely get that idea. I think that's really cool. Um, another really cool thing about artistic stuff. Uh, this is you're gonna love this one, Lindsay. Do you know about Stuart Semple? Uh, no, I don't. So he's the guy that got in a huge fight with Anish Kapoor over Vanta Black. Yeah, the color criminal. <laughs> So Vanta Black, uh, Zach, if you don't know, is the was at the time the darkest. Oh, I know who Vanta Black is. Oh, so you know about the darkest black, like the for paint ever. What used to be. And he he basically bought the rights for it and made it so no one else but him could use it. And uh, Stuart Semple has a main view. The that best well, reaction. He believes art belongs to everybody. But that was the best reaction ever. So he created originally he created a pink. The pinkest pink that could possibly exist. He got the exclusive mm-hmm. rights for it and the licenses and everything for it, and he made it super cheap for anyone to basically purchase. Except Anish Kapoor. Wow. But Anish Kapoor can't buy it. Oh, that's so great! But and you know what? There are actually... tons of companies like Mattel who owns Barbie. Barbie has its own Pantone color, which Pantone color is a specific mix of colors that is always that color. So it's not CMYK mixed. You have to go to a specific printer, and they have to have CM. Uh, they have to have Pantone, and that's a specific color. But you can use it. But yeah, Mattel kind of had their own. You know, big brands have their own color. But right. yeah, not allowing anyone to use it is a whole different thing. Right. But that, so what Stuart Simple uh, did that, was it was actually um, in your agreement for purchase that you were not Anish Kapoor and you were not purchasing <laughs> it on Anish Kapoor's behalf. And you won't give it to Anish Kapoor. Right. So he actually has a whole people that he calls art, like uh, like art criminals or color criminals. And that includes T-Mobile, who sued a bunch of people for using Magenta. Right. Because they said it was so ingrained with their brand that if another company used Magenta, it was uh, like against, it was basically like co-oping their, their design. It's like, dude, you guys don't own Magenta. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but so he, he created all this cool stuff. In fact, we just got um, the Black 3.0, um, the whitest white. And some chrome colors that are really cool. Well, the the black 3.0 and the there's three different formulas for the white because it's still in the testing stages. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm actually working on creating like a like a review for those. Uh, which, by the way, the the um, Ariga butterfly fish painting that I showed you, Lindsay, uses black 3.0 as the background, and that shit oh. is like. Black hole black. Like I, I will say it's unfair that the picture you took, um, it doesn't really showcase how black it is. No, it absorbs 99% of light. It's because like so freaking black. It's when, terrifying to look at. It looks kind of washed out in the picture, but when you're in the room with it, it, it is super dark. It's like disturbingly dark. Very much so. It's like I painted with black hole. It's terrifying. <laughs> um, so, you know, like you should name our you should name the blacks monica this is disturbing <laughs> and uh so, so what is it? it it's it's something like because it absorbs such a high percentage of, of visible light your eyes can't judge distance yeah when you're looking at 
Oh yeah, my god! So... I, I I'm actually I'm gonna repaint over the. You know how butterfly fish have that false eye on their back fin. Um, I used the same black for it. I'm actually gonna repaint it with Mars black on the butterfly fish because it looks like there's just a hole in the fish. So... <laughs> but it's, it's what just... if you were to paint a portion of street with it, like oh, a god. portion of the sidewalk? I would say that it's, it's, you're more likely to have that effect if you were to paint uh, like an optical illusion normal thing like that. Um, I think, honestly, if you did the black and white dot test, but you used the uh, black 3.0, it might not work. <laughs> because all you'll really kind of focus on is the white, and you won't get that, that blinking. Or if you do get that blinking, it, it won't have the same effect because it won't be the same level of darkness of the surrounding thing. It's like, we should do that. I don't we want should, to. I hate those things. We should things. see how it works, though, because that might be really interesting. Um, but no, the thing I really want to talk about is that he just created this brand new thing. And so companies love gift cards, right? It's mm-hmm. a great way. I, I personally think gift cards are a little bit of a scam uh, because you're giving money to a company that then puts that money in their bank account and they get to collect interest on the gift card. And before a lot of laws made it so you couldn't cancel gift cards or you couldn't basically like hold them ransom, uh, the idea that no one would use the gift cards or lose the gift cards and you would like basically get free money was very sketchy in my mindset. It's um, it's pretty criminal in my, my idea. Mm-hmm. But he took that concept for, for his site, uh, which by the way sells paint at a really, really affordable, reasonable price. Um, and he created what he calls artistic license. And so it doubles as a gift card, but it's basically like a license, like a driver's license almost, that you can show people. It's like, oh no, this is I have artistic license. I can do what I want. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Which is well, brilliant. Very creative. For one, he gets in the news, and that's you know a huge thing. I'm oh, yeah. sure a lot of people like I I wear mostly black and grayscale, so I get ads all the time for things like the you know dark blacks and stuff like that. And um, so, you know, not everyone, a lot of Ninja Turtle stuff and a lot of stuff that's like dark black stuff. I don't know how they figured that combination, but uh, that's what I get in my ads. Well, you know, the um, robots so, are yeah. listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, brilliant. He'll get in the news. Um, you know, everybody loves a little fight. So, um, yeah, that's that's also that that there. And uh, so, um Forgive me if I'm wrong, but isn't uh, Stewart's black actually better than Vanta black because Vanta black is toxic or something like that? It's, uh, there, it's there's something about Vanta black. I, I don't know if it's toxic specifically, but it's a lot harder to produce. And and Vanta black was better than black 1.0, but I think black 3.0 is actually darker now, uh, right. was what originally it was. Um, but it's just one of those things where it's ridiculous. One of the things about the creative license that I thought was really cool uh, is that uh, Stewart actually has done several like kind of interviews with, with sites about it, and his comment has been that a lot of times you go around and you're told like, oh, you can't be an artist unless you do you know this, this, or this, well, or you go you go to college and you get an art degree, or mm-hmm. you have like experience in the industry, and that's what makes you an artist. And he said that like no one gave him permission to be an artist. In fact, they kind of stopped him from doing it. Mm-hmm. which I'm paraphrasing, but like this this card right here is kind of like your gift to yourself to say to yourself, I can do it. I can do it. I have the right to do it. There's nothing holding me back mm-hmm. but myself. And he says that if this little card helps in any way, 
for like an artist to step out of that moment, I mean, it's doing its job. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is just a gift good. card. <laughs> the question is, is the gift card in 3.0? Or, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can definitely spend it on 3.0, on Black 3.0. Um, I, I don't know, because like, I know, Lindsay, you're, you're um, a trained, you went to college for, for art and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you did learn a lot of really valuable things. But would you say that somebody that didn't go to art school is any less of an artist than you? No, in the end... Even if you do go, go to art school, it doesn't mean you're going to be a good artist. What makes you a good artist is your desire to be better than you were yesterday and to keep pushing yourself and to continue having that passion. And that's what makes you an artist. My view towards art specifically is when dealing with a traditional medium, um, you don't need to have any training. Uh, it might help you in the long run, but you don't need to have any training. I think when it comes to the digital mediums... Um, you need to be trained in the actual... It's not that you need to be trained, it's just that you, if you don't have actual training in the program, because they're not designed usually to be user-friendly, the really high-end ones, uh, you mm -hmm. can basically be in such a negative position going into it that you could either basically be burned out on it really quickly, or be doing things like three times harder than you have to be. Mm. Like, uh, and you don't have to go to college to do that. I mean, I got a lot of my training on, on digital programming in high school. And they have like other like online courses that will basically give you basic training in that stuff as well. Right. And you can also, but, or I don't know about pan post-pandemic, but like you used to be able to go to um, like those community programs where they would teach you the classes for free, you know. Yeah. Um, but... I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with Lindsay where it, as long as you have that drive to get better um, and you have yeah, totally. you have the willingness to learn from mistakes and try to and, and try to improve yourself. Like, that's what's really important. I'm going to I'm going to do a little plug here. And I did write an article from Comic-Con at home that was mm -hmm. titled something about uh, the Masters of Key Art or something like that. Masters of Style, I think it was. Uh, no, the other one, mm, the ones right. with the posters. Yes. And... One thing that was said in there was, I mean, it. what makes a piece great is the artist, not the tools. Right. Oh, yeah. And the Period. tools, the tools <laughs> help. The tools for sure help. And it's, it's only in the aspect that they make it easier for the artist to do the art. If you don't have that point of view to create the vision, then the tools won't do anything. Right. You're it's just regurgitating totally. at that point. It's really hard to chisel a marble statue with your hands. It is, but you could if you want to. You can do it with your tongue and teeth. You I mean, could. It'll take a lot longer, though. I mean, yeah, I would limestone. <laughs> Be easier. Not chiseling too. Yeah. Oh, uh, so let's let's dig into something that that you should know a little bit more about, Zach. I'm sorry, we've been talking about art and music yeah, a lot, good. but um, so what? Con you have a PlayStation, right? You're a PlayStation man, right? Yeah. Me I am a PlayStation boy. Me personally, I'm an Xbox guy. Uh, I'm a big fan of the, this in general. Uh, and we can still be friends. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> For now. Are, are you super interested in the Marvel's Avengers video game that's coming out? Uh, I have a passing interest in it. Yes. I mean, me personally, I was a huge fan of Marvel's Ultimate Alliance um, and, like, Anytime that Marvel made a video game, I usually had at least some general interest. For instance, 
the Marvel, oh, sorry, the, uh, the Marvel's Presents Wolverine game that came out for the movie tie-in was so much better than the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Unfair. Okay. Unfair That's how good so it was. Sad. Yeah. But it was better than Logan? No, no. Better oh. than the, the movie Wolverine. Okay, got it. I think that was the one that had um, really terrible Deadpool. Yes, it's uh, the movie that had bad Deadpool. Bad Deadpool. Bad Deadpool, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. That just, he only did... Oh, I was just making sure because I loved Logan and I didn't know if we were talking Logan or... No, they yeah. didn't make a video game tie-in for that one, unfortunately. That would have been really cool. Um, <laughs> but the would have depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what makes it cool. I mean, look at Last of Us. Yeah. <laughs> but so, true. so, like, I'm a huge fan of those types of games. And I'm really interested in this one. But uh, a decision recently came out that kind of frustrates me. And um, mm. you might know about this already, Zach, but it's the fact mm. that Spider-Man is going to be in the game, but only on PlayStation. I mean, yep. it makes sense, though. Does it, though? It's a Sony-owned character. Well, so Sony owns movie rights, not video game rights. Don't they, though? They don't. Here's the really interesting thing uh, that a lot of people are saying. is like, how can, how can we have it in games where Spider-Man was in... Like Marvel Ultimate Alliance and Marvel vs. Capcom, and there wasn't an issue about exclusivity, but with this game, like we we have to have that issue, and it just seems a little ridiculous. Well, this this has happened before. Um, oh god, I'm trying to think. Uh, so there are two things that come to mind here. Um, one of them is Monster Hunter World. So, uh, Monster Hunter is currently available on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there is a collaboration event with Horizon Zero Dawn that is only available on the PlayStation. You can only get those armor pieces and those unique weapons if you are playing the PlayStation version. And there are certain armor set weapon combinations that make those weapons good for certain purposes you can't do it on the pc or the xbox you can only do it on playstation i mean that's that's an up and down for me when it comes to small minor statues the thing that i would accept and be okay with it reminds me a lot of uh soul caliber when soul mm, caliber yeah. came out on multiple consoles they had unique individual players for each different console nintendo yeah. had zelda which was super dope yeah, um, link yeah, sorry, Link. Sorry. Link. Whoa, they say. had Zelda. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. No, they had Link, and, uh, and then when they had the, um, they were on. I believe it was PlayStation had uh, Darth Hi-Hi. Vader, and no, oh, oh, yeah. No, actually, no. Sorry, PlayStation had Yoda. Xbox had Darth Vader. Yes, which was really um, interesting, like as a concept. Like it didn't add anything to the game per se, but it did give a unique kind of like benefit for getting it on one console versus the other. Didn't they come out eventually with a version that had all of them? No. They would never have put Link on the other two consoles, unfortunately. Um, but the but most... I want to say I've seen footage of Yoda fighting Darth Vader. So th- those two, at least, well, I think must that was, have been all That might have been the trailer um, that they did. Because they were like trying to showcase the fact that they were coming into the game. Um, but mm. it's it's just... The one thing that a lot of people are complaining about about Spider-Man being an exclusive is so true and so upsetting. Um, so as I'm sure you've seen the trailers for it that got a lot of pan because the I know Lindsay saw it where the people complained about the faces 
not looking good enough. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. the, the game focuses on six primary heroes, Black Widow, Hulk, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, and Miss Marvel. Those mm-hmm. are pretty much the characters that you play through the game as. Um, Spider-Man is not going to be integral to the story. It can't be. It can't be. Because it's, it's like you might get yeah. like one mission that focuses on it you know, for like a small like mini DLC thing. And it is free for PlayStation, so I won't expect it to be like a major like side quest for him. But, I mean, right now Spider-Man's hot. I mean, yeah. Spider-Man's always been hot. Let's be honest. People love Spider-Man. Iron Man was a risk, like, 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. But, like, the idea that Spider-Man, who is so hot, who just had an amazing video game from Sony come out for PlayStation, didn't even, like, enter into the idea of adding a main character in the game. And the fact that they're throwing it on the last minute... People are like, that's more indicative of something that's upsetting about this game, even more so than just the idea that only Sony players will get it. It's been 20 years. I think it's been over 20, actually. <laughs> God. But so the, the really interesting thing that I personally feel so you're going to make a choice about where you want to play the game. And if you have multiple different consoles, it's going to be affected, let's be honest. Like, I have a PS4 and I have an Xbox, uh, like, One X. So, mm-hmm. for me, between the two consoles getting the game, I can get it on the PS4, and I can get Spider-Man to play slightly with and have no real major storyline effects of him being there, or I can get it on my Xbox One X with the higher-end graphics. I'm going to choose the higher-end graphics. That's going to have a more of an effect for me than playing for two seconds of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. What do you think, yeah. Zach? Um, I... So I haven't I haven't actually played any games on the Xbox One X. Um so I can't compare it really um from firsthand experience. I can only hear what people say and I believe consensus is that the the Xbox does perform better than the PlayStation. Uh but the PlayStation has better exclusive games and better exclusive content. That's, that's something that's, I would agree with. Uh, that's 100% true. Yeah. Then you get games like Ghost of Tsushima, which makes you think, oh my god, the PlayStation has a bunch of untapped potential that people just haven't been utilizing. Have you played that game? I, that I, game is gorgeous. I have not. And that's that's always been kind of a problem since the very beginning, I think, of games about them not utilizing it. Um, for instance, back originally when it was between the Xbox and the, the PlayStation 2, uh, there was the Grand Theft Auto San Andreas came out, and graphically, the game was so much more beautiful on the Xbox, original Xbox, than it was on the PlayStation 2. And when Rockstar was asked about it, like, well, we make our games. We make them a billion times better than what they're going to be on a console. Because that's just how we design them. Like, we have all the, the textures kind of created, but we have to dumb it down for the console it goes on. Mm-hmm. And so when you're producing, you know, like a game for like an Xbox or PS4, you're going to produce for the best, and then it's going to get dumbed down to the other one regardless of what, where it goes and which one's the worst in that situation. And when you create, I think, a game that's uniquely just for one console, you can lean in deep to the benefits of that console. So I think that's yeah. probably the reason why Ghost of Tsushima is so beautiful, is that like these people were making a game just for that. 
Yeah. And, and it's it, it happens, too. I mean, like, uh, with Microsoft, you do have a couple situations. Uh, Halo that came out on the Xbox One originally, the, the new one that came out, was graphically beautiful, even though the story was shit. Um, but it's, it's just what you get, I think, when you make exclusive. And I think exclusivities are going to eventually go the way of the Dodo. But Sony's going to hold on as long as they can because that's their bread and butter. I mean, if you don't have exclusivities, it's like, wh- why am I doing this? Because Xbox is basically giving games away at this point. Like, yeah. give us six bucks a month and you can play all the original Microsoft games we make. Like, mm-hmm. no charge. No extra charge. Go for it. I don't think that exclusive games are going to go away. Because exclusive games at this point are the reason to buy the console. It's it's not going to be like, oh, this console, you know, performs better or, you know, this one um, is, uh, you know, loads faster. It's going to be this one has the games that I want to play. Nice. And so Sony and Microsoft are going to pay a lot of money to keep certain things in their ballpark. I agree with because... Zach on that one. Well, here's, here's the reason why I disagree on that. And it only is based on the fact that Microsoft is getting out of the console world. They are 100% basically like leaning away from it. They have even came to the point where like they're like, we don't care if you buy the new Xbox. Because they're... What's that? That's kind of strange to build something and then say, I don't care. We don't need you. Well, well it's not so much that. It's that they're leaning into the idea of we're still going to make the games that will play on that console. But you can also play them on your phone and your tablet and your computer now. They're going a lot more mobile. Um, and then they're kind of leaning into the PC gaming world. And it's, it's brilliant in that way because the Xbox has always basically been just a smaller, dumber computer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so is a PlayStation, but, you know, for people who work on their computer all day long, it's not, like, I know from my experience that I don't want to clutter up my super expensive computer with things that uh, could bog down my full-time job that I need to create that's to what the cloud get is money. For. But that's the beauty of what Microsoft is doing with their new thing. It's, it's all cloud-based gameplay. Nothing mm. really on except for the access portal. Um, which you might still in the moment be draining a lot of the resources out of your device, but once, you, once you turn it off, you're basically in the clear again. But I mean, but also, I don't want to be at my computer, uh, you know, 20 hours a day, also. That's like, true I want too. to, that's bad for your back. I hear you, but like, with nowadays with like multiple screen stuff, like, I can put what I want on my like my phone or my, my laptop on my TV. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this. I'm, I'm like, huge Sony kind of person. I really like the uh, the Xbox 360, but I, I think PS3 won outright for those two consoles. Xbox One won the, uh, the console war between Xbox and PlayStation 4. I'm a really huge fan of console gaming and PC gaming, but I really like the Switch, you guys. <laughs> I really fucking do. I love it so much. It's so versatile, and yeah, they, there aren't as many games, and the games that are on it are more kidsy. But I really like how I can take the controllers off, and like depending on what my hands feel like that day, I can put them in that position, and like I can put it on the TV if I want to, and like it's I don't know, I like it a lot. I, I remember seeing a meme recently that says, "Don't fuck with Switch owners; they're paying full price for games that came out three years ago." Uh huh. <laughs> Just love that. Hey, look, I, I 
say with honesty that more than once I've taken my Switch out of the dock and gone to the bathroom and just continued Ooh. playing my game. Right? Ooh. Like that's what the that's what the Wii U has was supposed to be and then like failed at. Um and they nailed it with the Switch. Like Yeah, I have poop and switch. Just oh, like just yeah. like Zach. I'll do oh, it. Don't say things like that. <laughs> Yeah, I poop and switch. I poop and switch. <laughs> there's something really intimate, though, when you are playing a game that's handheld, and there's something just so awesome to just take my Switch, go into my bed, and, like, be in the covers and have a tiny screen. It's just one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. It's like how I like to read comics. It's, there's, it's like my me time, and it's... I feel like I'm in a cocoon and I feel comfortable and safe and I love playing that way. Of course, that there are games that are a lot better on a larger screen, but for the Switch's purpose, there's something great and intimate about it. It's, but if, if it's playing... made for a larger screen, put it on the larger screen, Lindsay. That's yeah. the beauty of the Switch. <laughs> exactly. Like, if you're playing a racing game and you're not tilting the switch while you're <laughs> while you're turning you're not doing it right yeah. exactly you're not experiencing the, the the moment you don't have tilt controls on but you tilt it anyway yeah definitely even if you even if you're just using the controllers on their own yeah. uh, that's how i am with art if I, I like i like to make sound effects with my mouth i'll go like whoosh and it, i swear it helps me draw better it, oh, i'm sure it does and i don't know if the listeners were able to hear it but there was the helicopter that's a police helicopter and then uh, a little bit earlier there were police sirens around and i could sleep soundly tonight i'm just saying we're back on that topic again mm -hmm. but um the last thing I want what to talk did you about... guys do oh we well we, we always <laughs> cause crimes mm -hmm. uh the last thing i want to talk about is uh, a really interesting science thing is it sperm? Oh, yes. Everything is sperm. <laughs> so let's, again. <laughs> let's, let's play a game. When do you guys think sperm was first discovered? Oh, my God. Um, like, actually sperm or sperm like itself, just... Sperm itself. Not like someone nutted on a, on a blanket or something. I'm saying like okay. actual <laughs> sperm was found. Okay. Not like just the spunk <laughs> that's on. <laughs> okay. Paintings. Uh, uh, that's... I have that's I don't know like I, I hope it's before women were allowed to vote but like <laughs> kind of weird what's terrifying I'm, is that wasn't even that long ago Lindsay so I know I know um so 1677 wait 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 did they have microscopes in 1677 no then how the fuck did they see it all right well so I don't want to say water no. droplets. They they had ways of basically looking at things closer up, but not what we consider the microscope of today. Okay, I kind of I kind of get it, but also if they didn't have a microscope, they're like legit just sticking their eyeball right into somebody's spunk. Yes. Oh, that's how you get pink eyes. That's how you get science. <laughs> that's how you get science. <laughs> but so I mean, people didn't even fully understand how reproduction worked until the 1800s. So the fact that they had found sperm so early was actually pretty interesting. Yeah, because they kept blaming the, the women for having girl babies. But guess exactly. what, dudes? That's your fault. You have the defective genes that have <laughs> a partial X in them. So I don't know if you guys have ever watched the movie um, Look Who's Talking. Oh, God. Do you guys watch uh, No. It's kind of the, the talking baby. Yeah. Yes. Talking baby. Okay. Oh. They made four of them, actually. They, I oh, I thought like they stopped Danny at three. Or am I thinking of something else? You're thinking of something. You think you're thinking of Detective Pikachu? Um, <laughs> no, it was uh, it was with John Travolta 
And then Bruce Willis was the voice of the baby. Oh my god. Yeah. Bruce no, like, Willis. Insane. Like, the mind blown when I realized it was Bruce Willis this Wasn't whole time. Wasn't the, the, it was, look who's talking to that had Bruce Willis as the, the baby and then it also had Sally Fields as the other baby? No, it was Roseanne, I believe it was. I don't was think the, that was Roseanne. I think yeah. it was Sally Fields. No, look it up. It was to Roseanne. To the internet. But, but generally speaking, like, whenever you think about sperm from, like, seeing things in movies and stuff like that, the general perception is, is that sperm wiggles their Who tail. Who's the girl baby and look like, who's talking to? You can't just type it in and not, like, do that over the... According to Wikipedia, the film stars the original cast members John Travolta and Kirstie Alley as James and Molly Ubriaco, the parents of Mikey, a toddler coping with the newest addition to the family, baby Julie. Voiced by Roseanne Barr. Thank you. That's long... I uh, thought the robot would say it. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> a robot. But so when you see like the idea of like a sperm moving in movies and stuff, it's always the, the tail is moving back and forth, and it's like like kind of like kicking like a like a fish would swim. Yeah, but it's supposed to go like propeller. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, no propeller action. No, like, it, it, would... it's always been viewed as like kind of a left and right. That's how science thought that sperm swam. That's and... how a snake would move. Yeah, but I mean. That's not, but even a snake has like tiny feet on their scales that push them forward, and that's why that movement works. But so, generally speaking, they just figure they kind of swam like eels in the ocean or something like that. Yeah, but eels are flat and they have like fin-like shape to their yeah. to their bodies. To to all the they science... should have just asked us how a, how uh, I know was. right. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> The crazy thing about it is that it's not really even their fault so much because sperm is so small and it moves so fast that it's hard to kind of get a lock on it. Uh, for instance, like a sperm normally, like if you would consider the journey a sperm has to take to get to the egg in normal just like sex, it would be like you climbing Mount Everest. And they you know, do it so quickly. That's so inspiring. Like all of your ancestors had to have had perfect sperm ex- encounters with the eggs to create you eventually over generations and generations, and then here you are. Okay, Dr. Manhattan. Well, I mean, you are putting a lot of them out there. One of them is going to make it. Yes. Yeah, they're pushing <laughs> well, other up. I mean, if you in, had a zombie wall... Yeah, World War Z. Yeah, they're yeah. going to push each other <laughs> up and out in, in there. In 1677, um, they had a whole bunch of babies all the time for that exact reason, though. Like... Because most won't survive. Oh. <laughs> but, but so generally, they just basically have this new technology, a brand new form of 3D microscope scanning, uh, and they were actually able to get a full view of how sperm swims over like 300 and like almost 350 years after they actually found how sperm fucking moves. That's like cool. They finally figured it out. So a sperm beats its tail... <laughs> Like 20 times a second. Like a hummingbird. Basically. So it's swimming. Like animation. <laughs> 24, frames. 24 so frames a second. The crazy thing they found out, though, is that sperm do not bat back and forth. They only go on one side. So generally speaking, that, that like when you're rowing a boat with one, one oar, you're going to go around in circles. Uh-huh. But they found out from their 3D scan that sperm swims like otters. Aww, they hold hands when they're sleeping? No. <laughs> so uh, the general concept is that when, when you bat in one direction, you're going to go left. So to combat the going left, so they can basically go oh more in a straight God. line, they spin as they're swimming. And so... Uh, like a torpedo would, like, 
spin. Yeah, so it like, spins like a torpedo so that when they're batting only in the one direction, it's only we normally push them just to the left. It's now pushing them to the right, to the left, to the right, to the left as it spins around every time it hits. So basically, just like otters do, how creepy is that that your sperm well, swims like otters? <laughs> what I want to know is why are we looking at sperm and not figuring something out for COVID? <laughs> so I have a couple of... I have a couple of statements, though. Um, men and their defective X gene, also known as the Y gene, is why the sperm swims in a corkscrew and can't row a boat with two oars. Second thing I want to say... But, but if it second has the thing girl I want to say is why... <laughs> the second thing I want to say is, is when are you going to be able to get that kind of good 3D imagery from the uh, the motility test that you can do for your iPhone? Oh, yeah. I don't know about that. But uh, it really well, kind of makes... Do you want to know what that is? Yeah, yes. That so is. this is really cool. <sighs> I, when, when we were trying to have a baby and we were oh, having no. fertility issues... And we were checking kind of all the things, but the right. check. But everyone, not, everyone blamed me. Yes, of course, because it's always your fault. Um, but so it we, wasn't. I found this thing where, where uh, you can actually see. You can nut on a on a slide. You can actually see the the sperm uh, using your using your yeah. iPhone's camera. Uh, so you nut on a slide, and then you put the slide. Right up against your iPhone camera. No, no. So you put the slide into a device that then goes onto your camera phone, and then it basically takes a picture with your phone uh, while illuminating and then it in the device. Servers. And yeah, no, yeah, you you do, and then it gives you your count, your sperm count, like pretty quickly. Um, it's just so cool. And then oh, and we, we actually saw them. ran into them at CES. And we ran into them at CES, and they gave me a tiny sperm. A little tiny plush sperm. <laughs> The thing is, neither of you have an iPhone. So, did you ask a friend, and did they say yes? You can use it for Android. We're saying uh, an iPhone because it's easier. Not on my we, phone. We phoned a friend. <laughs> <laughs> but I just—I'm glad you didn't ask me. I do have an Otter case, but it's not enough protection if I were to allow a friend to. Oh, Lindsay! In, in if you don't case? think sperm is on everything in your apartment, you're—you're you're very wrong. It's terrifying. An oh, Otter case is perfect. <laughs> When you think about how sperm swims. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. But, uh, I'm just going to picture them holding hands now forever. That's that's all I'm going to picture. Their little they, tails hands. Until Aww. they get to the egg, and then at that point, it's all men for themselves. <laughs> but I, I will say that this actually does make sense as to why this study went into work. Um, because whenever you see a major breakthrough in the field of medicine, it always focuses on the major things that men want. And it's growing hair, preventing libido <laughs> issues, and being virile. Those yeah. are always the issues. Like, for instance, they, they were trying to basically, what was it they were trying to basically solve male heart attacks and they accidentally created uh, Viagra. Right. Yeah. But, <laughs> and, and meanwhile, and meanwhile, grown-ass women still don't know where their urethra is on their body. They think they pee out their vaginas. They don't talk to me. I'll tell them. <laughs> Wait, I thought you guys had a cloaca. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you should say that because I actually compared my ear piercing holes to a cloaca earlier today. Uh. <laughs> this, these are hashtag COVID thoughts. 
I was saying, because somebody was saying that they're going to pierce their own ear, and I was like, just be really careful with because if it partially heals, then you're going to have, like, one hole out, but, like, multiple dead ends in your earlobe, and I compared it to a cloaca, because cloaca actually do have multiple dead ends in the, in the, okay, so moving on. Well, that would totally, if you want to stop your daughter from piercing her ears in the future, I would say that exact sentence. Yeah. <laughs> I will specifically say, though, uh, if you can get one thing from this podcast as we close out, it's that every time you look at otters, you should think about semen. Well, yeah. don't you already? They have little hats. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking they about? They have, like, little sailor hats and, like, the little sailor In what things. world do otters In have sailor my hats? world. You need to stop going to the zoo. They've already got your picture up on the wall. <laughs> Woman won't stop putting hats on the otters. <laughs> they're, they're trained to shoot on sight now. I'm not like that guy that put cowboy hats on the pigeons. If there was a Patreon or a Kickstarter that was putting hats, tiny hats on tiny animals, I would give whatever money I have in my pocket right All now. All the money. <laughs> what? Snakes with hats. Yeah, that was cute too. There was that a, was cute. There was some a... somebody put like top hats and yeah. bowler hats. Oh and like cowboy hats on these little garter snakes. And they're so and cute. There was a real okay. problem Did in Vegas. Put a tiny hat on a spider, would you say that's no, adorable? No, because a spider's not big enough to wear a hat. You can make a tiny hat. If we can look at sperm on a cell phone, we can <laughs> make a tiny hat. You know hat. what? Lindsay's got a really good point. Look, I don't want to see the spider that's big enough to wear a hat. I think that's the quote for this episode. If, if you can, can look it. at sperm on a cell phone, you can give a tiny hat to a spider. Uh, quote for the episode. Or like if you just in general, if you can look at your sperm on an iPhone, then you can get to the to Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Technology exists. Yeah. You just have to put the funding in the right place. And and the last thing I'm going to say on the matter is because all the advances in science are that based off of things that men want to see, you get one man pregnant, and we have universal health care, and uh -huh. we have child care that's paid for, uh -huh. and we have a lot better of an industry for pregnant women. Mm. But no, pregnant yeah, men. Yeah, not like Paternity leave. Yep. Uh, maternity leave. If only it was like seahorses. Oh, oh man. God, no. I've been saying that for <laughs> decades. I love that one comedian that made the joke, though. That uh, I think that was a scientist that made a mistake. He's like, yeah, that's the male form. It's like, but it's giving birth. Yeah, the, the males of the species does give birth. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight on the podcast. Today, earlier today at 7 a.m. Why are you guys drinking at 7 a.m.? Uh, but thank what? you for joining us. Funny somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and always remember. Thank you. And thank you to Rowan Co. for this delicious whiskey. It was yeah. so good. It was really good. Oh. And, and always remember that if you can look at your sperm on an iPhone, then you can put a tiny hat on a spider. <laughs> you, if we can look at sperm on an iPhone, you can wash your dishes. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Saying, like, that's motivation in life. Look, we can look at sperm on an iPhone. You can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, go to your kids. Hey, I can look at sperm on my iPhone, so you should be able to get an A in calculus. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you guys again, and we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Bye. Later. Later. Forsooth Podcast is a trademark of Five Fire Monkeys Entertainment. Forsooth Podcast is brought to you by Five Fire Monkeys Entertainment, 
no badgers, or hurt in the recording or producing of Forsooth Podcast. If you or anyone you know was offended by this podcast, please contact your local congressman.